Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, they seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacpldf.org to donate to an incredibly important cause. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I am super excited to be here. Uh, this is my Friday, so it's, it's especially great. Uh, but that's not the only reason why we're going to have a great episode tonight here, folks. We have a very special guest with us this evening, Mike Faella. Did I say that correctly, sir? Faella. We We went over this before the show, Dustin. (laughs) I've been drinking since I've been done with work. Don't, don't, just don't. (laughs) I love it, man. I thought you did that thing where you just kept saying it in your head over and over and Uh, over, but then you said the thing you knew you weren't supposed to say. Well, if you guys want to do like, you know, nicknames and shit, y'all can call me like dildo if you want. Whatever makes it easier for you to pronounce it. We went Um, from Faella to dildo very quickly. That's that's how we do it. So if you guys want to chuck, I'm fine. Whatever y'all want to do it, that's fine. Sounds Good. I'm going to call you Mike Fiala, and I'm going to say both names really quickly because I'm proud of myself that I know how to say it. And just to rub it in my face the whole time. Thanks for that, Jake. Uh, (laughs) How are you doing, Mike? Uh, Thank you for joining us. Oh, man. I I was just saying backstage, I could not be more excited. Like, I've been a fan of this show for so long, and just being able to be on it is like, like, you guys are making my dream come true tonight, and we're going to do a Thanksgiving special. Like, I'm thankful for this. Like, I'm already winning right now. I'm fucking stoked (laughs) to be here, man. My goodness. Those are the nicest words that any guest has ever said when they first popped on, which you're already just trying to lock down that reappearance, I can feel. And and I'm I'm willing to to just schedule it right now based off of that. I like I like it. I like it. I'm always down. You know that. Oh, and my co-host, Jake, how are you doing this evening? Doing so well. I have one day left of work for this week before I get a kick into a four-day weekend, so I'm feeling all right. Oh, very good. Excellent. Well, um, as it came up, we are having our Thanksgiving Spectacular, as we're calling it, uh, this year, and we are going to talk about things we're thankful for, fantasy football related, and before we get into that... Of course, we've got some house cleaning to do. So first things first, we always talk about what are we drinking. So, Mike, since you're our special guest this evening, why don't you lead us off here? Absolutely. So I have myself some bent water Thunderfunk. It is from Lynn. Lynn, the city of sin. You never come out the way you went in. That is my old stomping grounds from when I was a kid, when I was a little hood rat. Um, <laughs> so I like to give it a shout out back to the old, uh, the old neighborhood. So, uh, you know, nice double IPA. They'll probably knock me on Woo. my ass halfway through the show. So we'll have some fun with it. Absolutely. I like that. I heard Thunder Funk and I went towards sour right away uh, in my sour minded brain. But I like what you're uh, what you're hitting up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it, it's a good one. They only give you the 12 ounces because it'll hit you hard. 
Um, but yeah, this is the double thunder funk, so it will kick you good, and, and that's that's how I like to roll. So nice, Jake. How about you? What are you drinking? Now, I am indulging in a in a sour here tonight because I it's Thanksgiving and it's the only thing close to a Thanksgiving beer that I have in my fridge right now. It's from Third Space and it's their cranberry goza. I'm not a cranberry person for Thanksgiving because I don't like the consistency of cranberries. I think it's gross. Cranberry sauce. It's just not. And it's always from a can and I don't like the canned cranberry sauce, but I like the taste of cranberry. So I went ahead and rolled with Third Space, which is out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Nice. Uh, Jake, it made me very sad to hear that uh, you don't like cranberry sauce because I'm making cranberry sauce for, for Thanksgiving this year. Um, which, now, which, I did add in that part about out of the can right. being a major component. So this, this is homemade. So made. <laughs> uh, I, I'm hoping to change your mind on this and, and that, right. that you will enjoy this part of the Thanksgiving feast we're going to have on Thursday. I'll give it an old college try. I really you will. Better. I, I won't walk into it with any ill will towards those cranberries. That's, what that's are a... you drinking tonight, Dustin? I'm drinking uh, beer from Oslin, Aslin Beer Company. I'm sorry if I butchered that out of Alexandria, uh, Virginia. This is called Business Showers. It's just a typical pale ale, nothing too crazy. Uh, I don't get into the, the IPAs here like uh, Mike does too often, uh, but I do like a good pale ale, just a little hint of that uh, hoppiness to it. It. Uh, and this is good. I don't know exactly what they mean by business showers. Um, it, it, I, I question the name a little bit, but it tastes terrific. So I've, I'm loving it. I mean, where we used to hang out in Rhode Island at the Foxy Lady, a business shower was like 25 bucks. So uh, if you're getting that cheaper, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, I got mine for $13. So <laughs> that's a discount. And I will say that I spent a ton of time in Milwaukee because it's my favorite city in the United States. Like the nicest people they just have cheese and beer and I'm, I'm i dig that shit um so i would start at Sobelman's, have my bloody mary which had an entire meal stuck to it um then i would hit lakefront brewery nice. and i would do my thing there for a while and then grab some new glaris afterwards so you guys are like in the mecca of me being jealous of all the good <laughs> stuff y'all have to drink uh like i would just go out there for state fair and party my ass off for like four days and never regret it for a second until i had to take a flight home of course but, <laughs> no. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you hit the circle pretty well. I would mm-hmm. say maybe throw in a Milwaukee Brewing Company the next time that you're mm-hmm. in the area because it's one of my personal faves. But I think otherwise you're doing it exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. So I will say I, I got a little creeped out, though. Have you guys closed Wolski's? Mm-mm, okay. Uh-uh. So I got you got to find out if this is still a thing, but there's a bar called Wolski's in, in Milwaukee. And it is the weirdest place in the world. It's like a, a house. Um, and the only reason people go there is they give you a bumper sticker at the end of the night that says, I closed Wolski's. So you don't go till like 1.30 in the morning because you got to get the bumper sticker. Sure. Of course. And it is like it is like apparently the hottest thing. So I have this damn bumper sticker and I guess I'm supposed to take it places and take pictures with it and hmm. send it to them. And that's how like this became a cult thing. I don't know how because I, you know, I was hammered because we were at Safe House pretending to be spies for a while. And then we ended up here. <laughs> but apparently that's what people people do in Milwaukee and I, I, I dig that so P, I don't. Yeah. I mean, some people yeah. <laughs> seems to do that in Milwaukee. I've personally never done this. To Milwaukee. I am not aware that of this. Doesn't mean that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Next time I come up to Milwaukee, I'll just show you guys what I used to do and see if it's still a thing. I'm an so, old man, so it might all be closed. It might all be condos <laughs> at this point. Who the hell well, and it's us living about an hour plus away from mm-hmm. Milwaukee. It's not as if we're as regular up there as we could be. So that could be on us. We could mm-hmm. just be missing out big time here. Well, we'll figure That's it right. out one day. Once this is all over, we'll party in Milwaukee <laughs> and make that happen. I love it. I love it. Mike, before we get into the next season, I did what I asked you because yeah. your podcasts 
I'm just very interested in how you personally came to be a podcaster, and that's where you can promote yourself a little bit extra here. But we were talking before you came on about your great video, of course, that that is still your pin tweet that you posted mm-hmm. as a uh, smack talk um, uh, counter to a certain somebody. But uh-huh. did were you in podcasting prior to that? No. Um, so in June, I had 80 followers. Um, I was a lurker. Occasionally, I would post a, a trade poll. Um, had nothing to do with fantasy Twitter whatsoever. Had no desire to be involved. Uh, then Father's Day came, and Scott Fish had posted about the fishbowl. And he said, you know, just tell me some nice stories about Father's Day. My son made a really nice card. Uh, so I sent it in. And anyway, I got into the fishbowl. And I end up with uh, the podfather in my division. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, uh, no idea who he was. Um, no clue. Like, I I guess this is like a big deal for folks. I didn't know anybody in my division except for uh, my man, Renshaw. We had done a a super flex league a while back. Uh, but I had no clue about any of this. So he makes this video and and I, I find it hilarious. Um, like, you know, I, I'm from, I'm from the city. Like we talk shit all the time. So I thought it was hilarious. Other people were like, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, fuck it. You know? (laughs) So a week one came around and I literally made a video for the 10 people in my league to laugh at. That was the plan. Ten people to laugh at, and and I posted. And at that point, I had I don't know three hundred followers just from the fishbowl. Like people were just clicking on you know that list mm-hmm. that Ryan makes. Nothing Absolutely. special. Posted the video. I'm like, oh, you guys are gonna get kicked out of this. And then all of a sudden, the retweet started happening. And dude, <laughs> I'd put down my phone for three days. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't keep up with it. It got I think in the uh, first three days, it got like seventeen thousand views. Um, my name, I got like, I don't know how many thousand mentions and I end up with, you know, overnight 1200 followers. Uh, and I'm like, well, well, shoot. Um, I don't really know. Like, I felt like one of those people that's like, I don't have a SoundCloud. So what the hell do I say? You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, long story short, I'm like, people like you have to capitalize on this. And G Men J hits me up. They're like, we're going to do a new podcast. We want you with a guest. I'm like, you want me to do what now on where? And like, you know, I, I don't know shit. And I'm like, all right. So anyway, I end up with uh, Chase Vernon and, uh, me and Chase go live. Because we're both uh, writing articles at Pregame HQ. And I'm going to put that in quotes. I've written one article in my entire life. Um, I wrote one. And it wasn't great. But it, it went. It was on the internet. So I'm now a writer. Um, which is dope. Yeah. So I, I have that on my resume. Um, but, you know, Chase puts into, like, just the Pregame HQ. Like, literally, is the is the lamest invite in history. Like, if anybody wants to go live, fuck it. Was basically like what he said. And I'm like, whatever. I'm, I'm already hammered. Might as well do this. And we, we started with talking. Bucket. Sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, that, it felt like he was calling my name. So I went live with him, Mike Grimes, and Mike Hicks, and we start going back and forth. And then it was maybe like three days later, I'm mowing my lawn, and I'm like, well, shit, I, I had fun, and I got nothing to do tonight. So I literally tweeted out, anyone want to go live because I'm bored? Thinking, you know, because of course now I have a thousand followers. Someone wants to hang out with me. Um, yeah, that was my theory. So Chase hits me up, and he says, if you write the show sheet, We'll do this. And, of course, I don't know what a show sheet is, but I said, sure, because why not? Um, let's just lie and pretend like we know what the fuck we're doing. Uh, you were Jim from The Office when he's asked to do a rundown, and, like, eight hours later, right before it's supposed to start off, you're like, is this a show sheet? And you're just holding up a napkin to the screen? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I wrote this shit on paper. And um, I had I had DM'd a few people that I knew. I'm like, what the fuck's a show sheet? Can you send me one? Uh, so I wrote a show sheet, and... It just started blowing up like this Wednesday thing. Like we were going to do it once and we had, I don't know, maybe like 15 viewers and none of them left. 
Like they nice. all just kind of stayed. And I was like, I don't know why you're here. I'm three quarters <laughs> in the bag saying random shit about football and other things. Um, as you know, I'm want to do. I tend to just say shit out loud. And they just stayed. And, and Chase is like, dude, those numbers were great. Do you want to do it again? I'm like, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so I had to write another show sheet because I thought I was out of the show sheet. Fucking game. show sheet business. So I fucking wrote another show sheet and it took off again. And all of a sudden we started booking guests and we started getting people in and it became like an actual thing uh, with legitimately like the least amount of planning possible. It wasn't like, hey, let's do a podcast. Let's talk about this. I didn't know Chase from a hole in the wall the first time we went live. Now we're obviously inseparable on Wednesday nights. We're bringing in Cooter. But it literally came out of nothing. It was honestly just like him saying, do you want to write a show sheet while I was cutting my damn grass? I'm literally on the tractor, like driving around <laughs> in my podunk town, you know, like the hick I am saying, yeah, sure, I, I, I can write a show sheet. And like three hours later, we're live. And that was it. And, and I think we're on, I don't know, maybe episode 10 now, nine or 10. It's, and it's kind of just taken on a mind of its own. And we, we've done that vibe thing with, you know, the, the Wednesday, we kind of fit ourselves in the middle of what was a, you know, just a hole sitting there. And we said, we'll take it. And, uh, man, it's, it's been, it's been wild and, awesome, you know, dude. it's crazy. And, and they like said, now, I mean, I, I don't know how the hell I ended up doing any of this. Like it was literally by accident. And, uh, so here I am and now I'm on your show, which is like, you know, I've now hit the height, like, like this week, man, <laughs> I was on with Ray GQ, Ryan McDowell and drinking and talking fantasy. And I'm sitting there like, you know, my eyes are bugging out of my damn head. Like uh, I'm, I'm fanboying like a motherfucker because why the fuck was our name mentioned alongside that's been my week and, and and i'm like shit and and legitimately it's like all people i was watching like on my little screen on my phone like yeah i love these dudes you know i i i was always in the chat of, of, and i'm like fuck like this is, and that's why i tweeted out like is this real life because my week it has been nuts and you're talking about somebody who literally didn't know this whole world existed like five fucking months ago uh I but love but here i am so this has been dope as hell and like i said this is like the pinnacle of of my uh you know short-lived fucking career which will probably end <laughs> soon too because i i say a lot of things out loud but we're actually awesome. gonna make sure yeah. of it that i'm sorry to have to break it to you this way that's why we brought you on it's more of an intervention in truth <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's fair. I, I know it's coming. Like, legitimately, I'm going to go down as fast as I went up, which is going to be so much fun, too. And I'll be back on Instagram pouring myself out in, like, two weeks, which is uh, cool. No, of course not. No, but seriously, we're, we're excited to have you on. And that's why I wanted – I was just so curious about that because it it's been awesome to see. And anybody who's on Twitter, of course, has, has seen this rise from you. And it's just – it's very neat. So, mm -hmm. Dustin, I apologize for the diversion there off oh, no. the show sheet. But oh. uh, I was just very curious because it's so fascinating. It, it is. I'm, I'm glad you told the story because uh, I had no idea and it was awesome to hear. And I, I am blown away that you would include us in those other two great podcasters uh, in, in Twitter follows that uh, you mentioned there because woo. That, 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 that's it, it's right here. Where's my heart? It's hot right here. You guys know how I feel. You know that. You know the love I have. I mean, you you see it every day. I, I love you guys. So this is like, I am stoked about this. I've been like amped up. Like, I, 
Kelly, uh, my girlfriend's been making fun of me because she's like, you look like you're getting ready for a date. She's like, you look nervous. <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, man. I was like, I love this show. I can't wait. Did you, did, yeah. Be honest. Did you spritz a little bit of cologne in your junk drawer right before you came on? Just oh, of case. course I did. I, I wore my new joggers. I looked hot as hell. I got my new pink shirt mm. on. Like, I, I got dressed up. Like, this for me is like, this isn't like my usual skanky shit. Like, this is brand new clothing right now. Appreciate it. Yeah. We appreciate yeah, that extra effort. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we get into our junk trade here, we do have a question in the chat. So, uh, evening gents, huge list coming in hot. Full PPR. Choose two. Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Bobby Trees, DeAndre Swift, Todd Gurley, or Gio Bernard. So you got to choose well, two. Who do you take? Get, not to jump too far ahead to the end of our show here, but spoiler alert, I'm high on whatever running back for Detroit gets to start, whether that's Swift, if he actually clears protocol and gets to start, mm. or even carry on if he starts in there. I'm starting either of them because they get Houston, and Houston is just fucking invisible against uh, the run. So I, by default, have to go with whoever that is. And then for me, Robert Woods is just so hard to bench right now after seeing what he did on Monday night. Yeah, what about you, Mike? Oh, man. So, uh, DeAndre Swift is like, I, I love him more than most human beings on this earth. So I am playing DeAndre Swift regardless of matchup. And then you add in Houston and it is a smash play for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Woods. I mean, man, I, I love Robert Woods. I absolutely love Robert Woods. I don't love the matchup. I mean, the Niners are 12th against opposing wide receivers. It's a tough matchup. You have some running backs to get in guaranteed carries. And Deontay Johnson, man, he has been off the freaking charts. Absolutely off the charts. He's got Baltimore, too, though. So, man, Jake, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with Bobby Trees, and it's tough because I, I love this list here. And, Trey, congratulations for having these options. <laughs> no <I'm> doubt. <laughs> literally looking at Kalen Bellage and Jacoby Myers every week. So, you know, cheers to you, homie. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go I'll go Swift and, and Bobby Trees. But if you're feeling adventurous, um, Deontay's been tough to bench well. Yeah, I think we'll make that a trifecta. Uh, we're all in agreement here. I, I would say um, Deontay, but I know there's word that um, the game, there's been some positive tests with the Ravens. So mm-hmm. if I saw a tweet earlier today that if there's more positive cases, the game could be in jeopardy for this week. So that would be my only hesitation there, especially since that's a Thursday game. Uh, and mm-hmm. that would really leave you in a hole if if uh, for some reason that game got canceled and, and whatnot. So, um, so what I had read there, Dustin, just for anybody who's paying attention, I I had heard that it's the potential push to the 7-10 Monday night game. Oh. Uh, I think they have a little more flexibility with no fans where they can move things around a little more. So what I had heard was that it's more likely to be played on Monday than it is to be canceled for, for two reasons. Number one, they want to get the game in. Number two, this is division rivals. Mm-hmm. And it has major playoff implications. So you can't start the playoffs until this game is played. And both teams, obviously, being Week 12, have already had their bye week. So I think you're going to see the game happen. You just may see it as a Monday night doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Which I love. You know, I like that the NFL is, is being a little bit flexible with this. But why the hell couldn't they do that for the Niners-Green Bay game a couple weeks ago? Uh, they, they pushed it forward regardless. That kind of annoyed me. But, uh, yeah, we won't belabor that. But anyway, so moving on. <laughs> Uh, Jake, do you, do you want to hit us up with our drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 drunk trade of the week? You know I do. So this week's is a little bit of storytelling. So you're going to have to bear with me on this one. It's, it's a little bit more than just the standard this versus this. We have to really set the scene. 
Okay, this is coming from Reddit user C24 with exactly that many E's. Now, keep in mind, this was sent uh, just after week six. We're still digging through the vaults on these. So time frame here, keep that in mind. So the weekend prior, a few of us were hammered together, they say, and a friend who wasn't there sent a trade to my buddy who was there. My buddy saw that he would receive David Johnson and Mike Evans for Raheem Mostert. He said, holy shit, look at this, and handed the phone over to my other drunk buddy. That drunk buddy Insta accepted it for him because it seemed like a slam dunk. When he got the email notification about the trade, it said DJ and Evans for Mostert and Chris Godwin. So an extra player had slipped in there uh, from the drunk goggles there. Now, the drunk guy who accepted it for him, so that drunk buddy who clicked accept, is the commish. So he decides to veto it, which caused commotion as the other manager who sent the trade wasn't happy. This was the first ever vetoed trade, trade in our league and the first ever vetoed trade that we're talking about here on the show Mm -hmm. Mm. so there's a lot to unpack there gentlemen but just Mm. overall initial response to the aftermath of this drunk trade well i i think um seeing that the the drunk guy that accepted it was the commish um i understand why he he reversed it or vetoed it i guess you could say um I think you probably should add some conversation between the three of them, the two managers and then the commish explaining the situation, not just automatically vetoing the trade. I'm assuming that's what happened here. You know, we don't know that. Um, Obviously, I could see why the other manager wasn't happy, but I also understand why the commish vetoed it as well. Uh, We are never veto on our podcast here uh, without good cause. So um, I think if there was a little discussion about it, it it probably could have been reversed amicably. Um, That's where I stand on on that piece of it, at least. Mike, what do you think about the uh, decision to veto this by the commission? Learn how to handle your damn liquor, son. Learn (laughs) how to handle your liquor. If you get a trade when you're hammered and you accept it, you put your pants on like a big boy or girl and you own that shit. You decided to accept the trade. Whether the commission hit accept or not, you were showing him, telling them to accept. I think you own that trade and I would literally be the same way. I would be like, no, 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 I don't care who was drinking. I don't care who was there. A trade was sent to you. It's been accepted. I think that trade stands and I would have had to own it. I, I do not agree on vetoing and I especially hate when someone can't handle their liquor and wake up wine in the next morning. Own that shit. Mm-hmm. Put your phone away. Don't text your ex-girlfriend and don't accept <laughs> trades. <Wake her> <laughs> That's right. That is great advice. I yep. think we all need to get into the app development game to put some sort of block on the phone where you can just have it toggled you know you have to you have to do like instead of the thumbprint to open it you have to do the breathalyzer yeah to just, a, get in certain just apps. a little uh oh, pop up a pop up uh breathalyzer you just blow yeah. into your phone and yeah right snapchat <laughs> text messaging and trades those yep. are the three yeah. things yep. you'll <laughs> absolutely now the one part about this trade that i was actually most furious about was the fact that the commission hit the accept button for another person that to me is just outright ridiculous you you don't ever touch you don't touch somebody else's uh, radio and you don't fucking accept somebody else's trade for them i don't care how much of a slum slam dunk you both agree that it mm-hmm. is in the moment that's like a sacred that thing is. to be able to click mm-hmm. that accept button oh my goodness i was i was raging when i first read that part um, now, with all of the nonsense aside, let's just look at it from a pure trade standpoint. Say that it went through, never got reversed or vetoed. DJ, Mike Evans, Raheem Mostert, Chris Godwin, where would we fall right now? 
I've seen worse drunk trades than that. That's not mm. horrible as far as the trade itself goes. I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they're both ones this year. I know it's a little questionable, but they are both ones. David Johnson, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, you're giving up a little bit there with David Johnson, but Raheem Mostert's been injured as always. So it's not it's not the worst trade I've ever seen. I would obviously take the Mostert-Godwin side. Uh, I just think both players have higher upside than the other. But yeah, like I said, seen worse. It's not the worst trade we've seen. Mike, what do you think? I like Mike Evans. I I, I am a Mike Evans guy. It, it's kind of like a goal line back. Like I love those six point plays. Mike Evans gets those. I, I don't actually hate the trade mm-hmm. at all. To be quite honest, I think Chris Godwin, especially now, and this is why this is why you never veto. Uh, hindsight twenty twenty. When you had asked week six, I said I think you said the trade came in. That's mm-hmm. right. Everyone would have said Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Well, number one, Chris Godwin at the time was was struggling with injuries. If we remember back, um, and number two, the Antonio Brown situation. I don't believe at surface that nope. point. Antonio Brown is eating into Chris Godwin's volume like a champion. Chris Godwin has dropped significantly since Antonio Brown came in. And this is why I hate vetoes. Like it would be the same thing like if you told me week one, you made a drunk trade of Joe Mixon for James Robinson. Well, how are you feeling now? Mm-hmm. Um, this is why you let everybody run their team. You let things ride and you let the cards fall. Uh, because this trade isn't nearly as lopsided as the names would have you believe. I don't think Mostert comes back strong. I think a high ankle sprain for a journeyman 28-year-old running back is going to be tough. And I think Mike Evans is pulling down touchdowns, and that makes a difference. And Chris Godwin's target's been cut in half. Uh, so I think the trade wasn't awful at the time. I think the trade actually looks a little bit better now. Uh, I think leave your damn phone alone. Uh, but I, I would say flat out the trade should have stood then, and I wouldn't have cared about it now. I, I don't think it's a it's a league bender one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I, I fully agree with, with everything that you just said. I think that PSA should be at the beginning of most fantasy football podcasts <laughs> in that little snippet. Just cut that shit out uh, because you're right. In hindsight, everybody can do this all day long it's this whole game is about projection so let people fucking project Mm -hmm. and and handle it the the way that they want to handle it now for me personally chris godwin's interesting because i believe that he could be on another team as soon as next year so if Mm -hmm. that happens and he gets freedom on a good team then great i'd happily take chris godwin but what if chris godwin ends up on the fucking jets then i don't want chris godwin anymore um so i don't think it's a terrible trade either way dustin you're absolutely right we've had so much worse Mm -hmm. on this show i don't think this is is too bad at all yeah all right sounds like we're all in consensus there not overall in itself not a bad trade it was just how it was handled probably could have been handled a little bit better hopefully everyone involved there learned a valuable lesson out of this and it never <laughs> happens again <laughs> <sighs> yes i agree with cooter doodle by the way hi cooter team never veto absolutely just put it mm-hmm. on bumper stickers and uh put it on random businesses at this point everybody needs to see it however you can mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So moving on to a not so great piece of uh, business here. Uh, we, we do have a beer bet payout we have to do. Uh, we had a bet last week that Jake came up with for a change because he was he was whining that that all the trades uh, or all the bets uh, we made so far were gross. So oh, cut the shit, Dustin. It was one time. <laughs> it was one time I said that, and now it will never be forgotten. Apparently, in the that's right. that is Dustin's memory. <laughs> that's right. So our beer bet this week was Aaron Jones versus Jonathan Taylor uh, PPR points. Uh, we all know that Green Bay played against Indianapolis this last week. Uh, sad to say. Uh, th- this is doubly bitter for me. 
uh, actually triply bitter. I'm going to say one, cause green Bay lost the game, which, which hurts my heart bone Two, uh, Jonathan Taylor lost this bet. And three, I thought he had won it just based on watching the game performance and not tracking the actual points. Uh, just watching it on TV, I was like, oh, I've got this. He's, he's for sure done better than Aaron Jones this game because Aaron Jones was practically invisible for, for the uh, game it felt like. So, uh, unfortunately I did lose this. Aaron Jones ended up with 17.1 PPR points and Jonathan Taylor ended up with 15.4. That's a delayed so, hurt right there. That, that it is, is unfortunate. It That's is. a hangover kind of hurt. It, it is awful. you should probably ask Quentin Nelson to apologize to you, because if he could keep his damn hands to uh, himself, you would have won that bet by a considerable amount. Yeah, no doubt. Dr. Taylor <laughs> lost about 42 yards on Quentin Nelson. Holding oh, God, that was, that was so painful to watch. Um, but this week, to pay off the bet, I am drinking – we got some Jim Beam Devil's Cut. Oh, oh no! I know it, oh. it's it's the end of the bottle. I got to get rid of it. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know what to do, and you know what to say. So let's uh, let's have this payout here. Uh, like I said, this pains me, Jake. You are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Oh, thank you. And I know that that was genuine. So thank you very much. It was. Cheers. <laughs> uh. Salute. Well done, Dustin. Well done. I appreciate you. That was mighty different than the old fireball I did last week. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Which, bright side of this, um, our guest last week, Pat... Uh, he took my side of the bet, so next time he comes to Madison, he said he would buy us a, a round if he lost this bet. So we do have that coming, uh, which is going to be great. So uh, not only to get we're, to hang out with him, but a free Pat. beer. So, um, all right, oh, I got to recover from this. <laughs> Are you okay to be able to jump into some quick yeah. injuries here? Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, you may have to take over. All right. So, uh, all right, we'll we'll go through our brief injury update here before getting into what we're thankful for. Uh, headliner can't bury the lead on this. Joe Burrow. ACL injury, MCL injury, and they're saying other structural damage. Uh, they're saying nine to twelve month recovery time at this point, just based on the severity of it. Oh, that was gross to watch. Uh, we saw it as it happened, and oh man, I literally thought it was like another Alex Smith situation where it was going to be like so severe like that. And ironically, they were playing Washington and Alex Smith. Uh, so sounds like though he should recover just fine at this point. Uh, but really disappointing because he was having on pace to smash all rookie records this season. So uh, not to worry, Cincinnati fans. You will get your franchise quarterback next back next season. Still lots of upside there. Don't get too upset. What do you guys feel about that? I feel gross. I feel gross about watching it, and now I feel gross because I, I was pretty adamant about my distaste for Burrow as a fantasy asset for this year, and he was just blowing my expectations out of the water uh, the whole way. So it would have been nice to see him finish this thing out and you know see what he could uh, do with a full season under his belt. So that's just always a bummer, especially for a rookie. This injury sucks for anybody, but for a first-year player who is starting to really uh, get some things going, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Joe Burrow. Uh, I love the player. I love the person. Like everything I've seen from him has been so positive, head on straight. This is a tough injury. I mean, you saw the kneecap dislocate. You saw it mm-hmm. go back in. Like it, it, it was, it was horrible to see. 
I'm hoping. I'm hoping this isn't like an RG3 situation. I'm hoping this is a situation where he can come back. He's not necessarily mobile in the sense of, you know, he needs those cuts like a Kyle Murray might. Like, I'd mm-hmm. be worried about that type of quarterback more. Um, however, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, this is his plant leg. Um, so he's going to need power for that. I would say if you have Joe Burrow on your team, I would want a strong backup going into the season. I could very well see, um, you know, him going on the pup list, him, you know, sitting out the first six weeks, because let's face it, Cincinnati is not a championship contender now and they, nor will they be next year. Uh, it's just not going to happen. I'm hoping they get Penny Sewell. I'm hoping they, you know, build the team, continue to go. Uh, however, they're not going to risk the future for the first few weeks. So there's no way you can be comfortable with Joe Burrow being anything other than your second quarterback for at least the first half of the 2021 season, given what we know. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen just from other players uh, that it, it takes the season after they, they come back from their ACL injury. It usually takes them that entire season to get back into game shape and, and really feel comfortable on that knee before they can just let her rip and go full force. So uh, I agree with that. 100% Mike that you really need to have a quality backup cuz next season could be a little rough. Hopefully Cincinnati takes this opportunity now and bolsters their offensive line in this offseason to protect your franchise quarterback. I mean they got so many other pieces on that offense right now that uh that's that's really the last thing that's missing for them to be a real explosive offense. So let's cross our fingers hopefully that they uh get their act together there on the offensive line. Mhm. Okay, moving on here. We'll get through the rest of these here fairly quickly. That was the big one here. We got LaMichael Pirine, uh, high ankle sprain. They haven't put a timetable on his return, but typically we see high ankle sprains is at least three weeks uh, they're out. So uh, probably not back until your fantasy playoffs at this point. If they even bring him back at this point, who knows with the Jets. Uh, Randall Cobb, he has a toe injury. Apparently it's very severe. That he's expected to miss this week at a minimum, possibly more. Kenny Stills, big week for uh, Houston, apparently, with their injuries in the wide receivers. Uh, he has a quad injury. He's been limited in practice this week. He could play Thursday, but it's not a uh, foregone conclusion yet. So very much keep an eye on that with your Thursday uh, start-sit decisions. Uh, if you have Kiki Kuti, I think this is a great opportunity to fire him up, especially after what we saw this last week. He made some plays. Sean Watson was... Uh, targeting him, especially in the end zone, which we like to see. So keep an eye on that. And then Rex Burkhead, knee injury, um, hasn't been disclosed of exactly what the injury is, but um, he said himself uh, that he is going to be out for the season. See you guys in 2021. So uh, he is out, unfortunately. Anything you guys want to touch on with these uh, injuries? So I'll, I'll give you two names that are interesting to me. The first one is Ty Johnson. Uh, he is fast, and I know we all hate him for what he did to us in Detroit when we picked him up last year. I get that. Uh, this is a fast kid who's going to get some opportunity. Uh, I know Frank Gore is there. He's 87 years old. <laughs> I think that's generous. Uh, so Ty Johnson's a guy that I like as a potential deep stash. One of the big things we talk about, especially in Dynasty Leagues, is we're at Week 12. Get rid of your bye week villains. I don't want to see Danny Amendola on your roster anymore. I don't want to see Russell Gage. Get rid of the trash that you've been holding for that one week, and now is the time to go for upside. Ty Johnson might be garbage, but we don't know he is, and we know some of these guys are, so go for that upside. The second name that I want to bring up is Jordan Aiken. Um, Jordan Akins goes against the Lions, and what the stats will tell you is they're number 10 against the tight end. What the stats won't tell you is they've played absolute trash bags. 
absolute <laughs> trash. They have played Jimmy Graham, Robert Tunyon before he was a thing, Dan Arnold, Jared Cook, Tyler Eifert, Hayden Hurst, Trey Burton, Kyle Rudolph, Logan Thomas, and Ian Thomas, the Thomas Trash Twins. Uh, so <laughs> that... the fact that they're not number one against the tight end shows you how embarrassing this defense is. And Jordan Aiken is going to get the looks. He looks like one of those downfield tight ends. They had this, like, the stable of tight ends. If you remember, it was Kyle Warren. It was Jordan Aiken. It was Daniel Fells. They had like seven or eight of them, right? And Aiken was always the athletic one. So I like him as an emergency stash because that position is an absolute wasteland and he's going to get the looks. So that's the only thing I'll tell you is I'm always looking for tight end gold. If you don't have Kelsey, you're miserable right now. Um, So he's a guy I'd be looking at throwing on my bench as a potential blow up because of the Randall Cobb injury. I love Randall Cobb. I think he was having, he was putting together a quietly nice year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think now that position gets taken over by the tight end. I don't think Kiki QT is a player. I don't think he's a thing. We all wanted him to be two years ago um he wasn't i don't think he is now so i'd be looking more tight end for you yeah that uh list of tight ends you you had there was like the who's who of who's going to be hot tight ends over the last uh handful of seasons here man that was something else <laughs> yeah that that was supposed to be a thing and and now maybe maybe we have the opportunity to see it i like i said i'm not saying we do but I am really looking for those lottery tickets right now more than I am those kind of end of the bench just in case bye week guys. Mm-hmm. And Aikens is absolutely a lottery ticket type tight end for me. Given the injury situation, given the athleticism, I, I think he's a he's a decent sash. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you guys something and promise not to judge me? Mm-hmm. I still oh, believe judge. that Kahali Warring can be a thing. Kahali Warring <laughs> can be a thing at some point. Not this year. It's not going to be this year. But mm-hmm. eventually, I have faith. I, I don't have anything to base that faith on. But I, I think. Uh, if, if, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure if my memory is not too fuzzy at this point, um, I did read that he is going to be activated here uh, and back mm-hmm. on the roster coming back from injury. So he he could be involved here towards the end of the season. Uh, he was what I a mean, third so round pick his rookie and, year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, but he's yeah. 23 years old. He he had a ceasing injury his first year. He's a red shirt. And hell, the kid is an athlete. There's no doubt about that. So I, I love him in those like twenty-eight to thirty-man dynasty rosters. Absolutely, mm-hmm. throw him on the end of that bench. Absolutely, and like I said, we could go, we could spend the next three hours talking about guys that I would drop for him because there was eighty of them. <laughs> um, fair, fair. But you can figure that out if they're twenty-nine years old and they're not starting for you. Get them the hell off your bench and get guys like Holly Warren. Get guys like Jordan Akins on your bench. That get guys like Ty Johnson. That's how you play this game. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, before we move on here, little shout out from the fantasy intervention. He says, sorry I'm late, you sexy mofos. You're never late for us. It's better to join us late than never. So glad you're you're joining us this evening. Thank you. He's not always there when we call, but he's always on time. That's right. Nice. Right? <laughs> All right. Before we, get into the, <laughs> before we get into the meat, uh, which I guess is a turkey huh, for this ah. episode, we want to quickly point out that this week's episode of DTFF is brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. It is a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the casual sports fan that is simple, fun, and easy to play. Essentially, here's all you do. You pick a contest line that they provide. You record more or less for a certain amount of players. And if you hit that more or less, money. So uh, most folks at this point in the season, if you are not dynasty degenerates or if you feel like you are out of a bunch of your leagues for fantasy playoff contention, Monkey Knife Fight is probably your best solution. Right now, you can get started with an instant match bonus 
bonus up to $50 if you use promo code DTFF. All right. Yes, definitely check them out. They are wonderful. Um, I, I I put myself out there, put bets out every single week on games. It's a lot of fun. Win some money. Uh, I will say their lines are very good every single week. Uh, if you haven't checked them out yet, definitely do that because it's, it's a lot, a lot of fun. And if I'm not mistaken, they're available in places where you can't get FanDuel, for example, so people are looking to dip into something else. I know they have a little wider availability, so give them a look. Yep. Very good point, Mike. Very good point. All right. So moving into the the meat, the turkey of our episode, the main entree. Am am I doing Mm -hmm. this? Am I I trying too hard with the puns here? No, I like it. Let's do that. (laughs) So we already had our deviled eggs, right? We're we're ready for for the big thing. Deviled eggs? Wait, what What? the fuck? Deviled eggs is a Thanksgiving thing? How the fuck are you going to hate on deviled eggs? I will leave. Jake, no, now hold Jake, it. Don't no. you misunderstand what I'm saying here. I am not against deviled eggs. I've never heard the concept of deviled eggs presented in Thanksgiving format, though. I will say that. So here's the thing, right? When we go Thanksgiving, I'm going to start with deviled eggs and stuffed mushrooms. Um, that's going to be my go-to. It's delicious. It's wonderful. You have a little bit of hot cider. Uh, you're feeling good about yourself. Hell yeah. So that's what you're going to start with. Then you're going to move on to your main course. But that is your starter. It is delicious. Get that little vinegar. You get a little, you know, mayo in there. You get the, get it mixed up. You do your thing and it is wonderful. It is, is amazing. Fair Stop enough. Stop it, Chase. No one fucking asked you. It's <laughs> no, no. Chase decided. <laughs> no, no, yeah, the no. And I will say, um, I, I absolutely agree. Deviled eggs are the worst. Um, don't make me mute you here because I have the power to do that. Uh, <laughs> no, you, 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 you can sit there in your wrongness and mute me all you want. No, uh, I haven't said deviled eggs are gross. I like deviled eggs again. It's just, it's just, it's about the timing. That's all it is. It's the timing. Issue. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> let's talk about what we are thankful for in the uh, realm of fantasy football here, since we are a fantasy football related podcast. So, um, Mike, why don't you lead us off since you are the guest? Hit us up here. Oh, man. Things I am thankful for. Uh, I mean, first off, we touched upon at the beginning. I, I'm just thankful to be a part of Fantasy Twitter. I, I mean, this was nothing I could have ever dreamed of. Like, I feel like I'm living like in a movie right now. How cool people have been, how supportive they've been out of basically nowhere. And as much as Chase is an asshole in the comments, um, <laughs> you know, Chase giving me my shot. I see Linder in there. I see Cooter. I see you guys like just yeah. being surrounded by friends is absolutely amazing to me. Like this has been spectacular. The other thing that I'm always thankful about is how fucking stupid my league mates are. Like, <laughs> like how can you not be thankful for that? So to Frank, if you're watching, um, that Melvin Gordon for Antonio Gibson trade on draft day not only screwed you long term, it screwed you this year, you dumb son of a bitch. And I told you you were going to regret that trade the second I offered it. You took it anyway. You told everyone in the league, look at how dumb Mike is. I just traded for the number one in Broncos. No, you didn't, son of a bitch. You traded for the number two, and that old motherfucker <laughs> can't get more than 70 yards. And Antonio Gibson's running back end on the year. So I'm thankful for you being terrible at this game. That was dynasty. Dynasty. You traded for Melvin Gordon. Who else do you want? Barry Sanders? Come on, you <laughs> dumb bitch. Be better. So thank you to you guys for being terrible at fantasy football. Um, that That is my two things I'm thankful for. So amen. I love it. You can- <laughs> at least package Jason Witten into that trade for him so he had some youth to work with. Dang. I love that. I, I want to really just quickly talk about what you said with joining Fancy Twitter. I, I think Dustin and I can both relate to this sentiment where 
I didn't know that this was a thing. And then all of a sudden, I just kind of stumbled into it as you do with these things. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, look at all of these people who are like-minded in the way that we're all just weird as fuck about fantasy football. <laughs> and then everybody's so supportive. I mean, 99.9% .9 of everybody on fantasy Twitter is super supportive, retweeting your shit when you don't ask them to, and just hyping you up constantly. You're, I mean, honestly, Mike, you're one of the best at doing that. I've noticed that constantly since you come into the presence. You're a big, you're a big ball of sunshine in fantasy Twitter. You're constantly hyping other people up, and that positivity it reciprocates. Mm -hmm. It's spent. What's that quote from uh, Happy Gilmore? It goes up and down. It's circular, around and around. circular around. <laughs> that's what it is. You're the carousel of sunshine in fantasy Twitter. So I think that's very cool that you mentioned that. Oh, uh, so I, I'll tell you, like I am amazed at how talented all of you guys are. Um, you know, whether it's the podcast, whether it's the articles, Jake for you in particular, what's the impressions, you know, you know how much I love that <laughs> shit. Like you, you know it. Like to me, I, I, I'm not going to do this for a living. I'm not. And I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that my goal is never to say I'm the, the next Matthew Berry. But I'll be damned if I'm not the person who got that dude or that female their 300th follower. Like that, that has been my goal throughout. Like I have been surrounded by talent. I have been lifted up by people like you guys, you know, folks that have been doing this for a little longer than me, giving me opportunity. So I'm just trying to find that next person and give them their shot because nothing makes me happier. Like I saw Troy, uh, on Yahoo Fantasy. Like that was amazing. I, I saw Lauren on NFL.com. I, I see Chase literally blowing up. He, he is on my feed a hundred times. I don't know when he sleeps. He goes live all the time. I see Linda. I mean, I, I see all these things happen. Cuda got picked up um, by, I believe it was uh, Fantasy Football Today. That is what makes me happy. Like, if I got two likes on my tweet, I could give two shits less. When I see my friends blow up, like, I, I, I am stoked. So that, that's that been my goal from the beginning. And um, I, I just want to give the love back that people have given me. But that's, I can't wait for one of my friends to hit it big. And just to say, I, I knew them beforehand. That, that's that <laughs> been my goal throughout. Yeah, that yeah. is well said. Well said. Um now, Jake, I know you started by saying you're thankful for fantasy Twitter, but what else do you got for whatever you're thankful for? Well, I, I mean, I just wanted to echo that sentiment because I'm unoriginal like that. But, <laughs> but my follow-up to all this, I'm actually, to revert it back to me, because let's be honest, that's what this is always about. It's me. Uh, so thank you for acknowledging me there, Mike, really. That's just, that's all a big lead-up for you to do that. Uh, but, you know, my, my teams, the big issue this year, which we all knew it was going to be an issue, was injuries. We knew injuries were going to be fucking crazy. Because the last uh, sort of replicable example that we had was from the holdout and and the injuries that mounted up after that. We had uh, Dr. Dr. Edwin Porras on the podcast pretty much in the dead center of the, the offseason. And mm -hmm. he predicted this, that we were going to see a crazy uptick in these injuries. And that's bore out. I mean, everywhere in every fashion, at every position. It's just, it, it's this game is always about attrition. But 2020 made that shit like final level attrition from one of those really complicated Nintendo games that you could never actually get to the end of. Like Mike Tyson's punch out. Like this was the Mike Tyson stage of that mm -hmm. game. And I fucking was so lucky to skate through the majority of my leagues. 
with like an average amount of injuries. Like only maybe two leagues did I get hit like everybody else seems to have gotten hit at key positions with the big star players. And that's probably just because I, I didn't go for like the actual best players. I just kind of lucked out and my dumbass draft decisions look great now because they stayed healthy. And that's the only reason that most of my teams are doing as well as they are. But most of them have just kind of, they've just existed without all of these crazy injuries. So I don't know what God I gave a tug job to to make this happen, but I'm happy. However, it worked out. You shouldn't be airing your dirty laundry on air, Jake, uh, just so you know. I would never name names, Dustin. I would never name names. Can you please? Because my fishbowl team has been eviscerated by injuries. And I would have given a tug job for three more wins. I can tell you that much. If I knew that's what it took, I would have jumped right in. Now, if I, I had to, I, there's two of them to turn next to me. I clearly did not get them to completion because George Kittle did end up getting hurt for me and Scott Fishbowl. So if I had just put in a little bit more of an A for effort job there, I probably could have circumvented that too. But are, that's are, a lesson for me. Uh, I'll tell you, Jimmy Garoppolo, Zeke Elliott, Austin Eckler, Le'Veon Bell, Kenny Galladay, Julian Edelman, Jamison Crowder. Literally, my team has not seen together. Like, they, they literally have not seen the field together once because I tugged the wrong people. So I did it for nothing. I have a sore wrist and an injured team. And it's not fun for me to have that happen. So whoever Willie was in the parking lot that guaranteed me no injuries, you were wrong, friend. You have nothing to do with fantasy football. If you can't trust a random guy in a van, who can you trust? I've That's always right. Said. That's he right. free candy and no fancy injuries, and neither of which came through. <laughs> Oh, uh, fuck. Now, Justin great. here has notoriously been a holdout on our show sheets these last couple of weeks. Now, he says that it's because he is in the command center and he's allowed to do that, which I guess technically is true. But, Justin, are you, are you willing to share in this moment or do we have to? Is this a cliffhanger and we have to wait until next week? Oh, no, you don't have to wait because we're past Thanksgiving. Like, what's the point? Come on. No. So uh, to be somewhat sappy to start with here and then I'll move into the, to the real stuff. I am thankful that. You know, I'm able to do this podcast every single week and have amazing guests on pretty much every single week. Uh, as you guys have both echoed, like the fantasy football Twitter community is <clears throat> really amazing. Uh, and it's just, just great group. So I am, I'm really thankful that, that we're able to do this show that people are actually willing to listen to us, uh, spew our fantasy football knowledge and, and, and guests like Mike that, you know, will come on and join us on a, on a weekly basis. Cause that is really fun. That's what it's all about. We're here to have fun and, and interact and make it a great community. Uh, and I'm really thankful that um, we actually still have NFL football happening so that we can continue to have our fantasy football discussions, uh, whether it be on Twitter, on the podcast here. Uh, Jake and I, you know, we're, we're neighbors. So, you know, our, our Sunday red zone slash Packer game watching, you know, we're able to bullshit about uh, fantasy football every single uh, week. Uh, just really thankful that that NFL has done a fairly good job with their COVID protocols and we've been able to have NFL games throughout the season uh, to this point. Cause I honestly, when the season was starting, I didn't think we'd make it this far. I thought we'd make it maybe five to six weeks at best. And then they'd have to shut it down for three weeks and then they'd start it up again and it'd be a truncated schedule and all that. So I'm just really thankful that we actually have real NFL football and we're able to do what we love, talk about NFL and um, fantasy football in general. So that's what I'm thankful for. 
I agree. I concur with everything that you said. Now, here I am being an asshole in the prelude to that beautiful, <laughs> well thought out sentiment. Just I, I bet that that wasn't even what you were initially going to say, but you saw me coming in hot like an asshole and you're like, I'll double it. <laughs> people hate you that much more. No, but seriously, I, I fully agree with that. And talking about the potentially truncated season, my, I, Eight games would have been in the off season would have been like magical. Mm -hmm. Like no fucking way is eight games gonna happen. We'll get to I thought like week two. We get to week two and there'd be so many issues with so many teams that it would just end up shutting everything down. But yeah, it's been it's been wonderful that that has not been the case and that we've gotten to stay in the muck with this. So kudos on that. Yeah, but if you guys are looking for more of a um me personally and my teams, what am I thankful for? Uh, I am really thankful that my Scott Fish team is doing well this season. Uh, as a first year entrance, I am seven and four to pat my own back. Uh, thankfully, I haven't been hit by injuries too bad with my team. Uh, so if, if we're going to be a little selfish about it, that's what I'm thankful for. Only because Scott Fishbowl is such a large and big thing within the fantasy community. So I am very happy that I am representing the podcast very well with that. So there you have it. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, we just, now we need to all bite into a, a turkey leg, I think, to finish this off. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I, just, I just, I don't know why you bring that up, Dustin. We were vibing, and I told you my Scott <laughs> Fishbowl team went to shit, and you decided to just hurt me personally uh, as as a guest in your podcast. That's kind of fucking rude. I'm not going to lie. I mean, well, is, this, is this not a good time to mention that I'm ranked 50 overall in that? I know, I know that... exactly where you are because you're on the same like, website that I am. And I see Jake. Oh, look at me, Mr. Fucking 1900 points. I'm sorry. I had to start Nelson Algalore every fucking week. <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring that up, but I, I had to really rub salt, brine salt into those words. So, okay, so for anybody out there looking at guest spot on a podcast, if you come to my podcast and Chase is Wednesday at 8 p.m., we're not dicks to our to our host we we would not say anything hurtful now i'm hurt I, I i pumped you guys up in my speech and you guys just kicked me in the nuts in yours and i don't know why that happened but it hurt my feelings i told you at the top of the episode that we brought you on here just to take you down how did you not see that coming so so i'm gonna be honest if this takes me down if you listen to a guy who got his followers from a father's day card from his son and a trash talk week one victory lap it's your own fucking fault all right, if you think I'm good at this, that's your own fault. My followers came from a week one victory lap and a fucking Father's Day card. If you listen to me and you lost, it's on you, not uh, me. Just remember that. Uh, I, I love you so much. Uh, <laughs> that is terrific. You. No, of course we don't want to. I think we could all agree that just the three of us getting into Scott Fishbowl this year was mm -hmm. uh, uh, a good helping of enjoyment and merriment mm -hmm. for the three of us. This is both of our first years as well mm -hmm. doing this because, you know, we fucking like last year, like they're going to let us in last year. I'm surprised they let us in this year, quite <laughs> frankly, but it has been super enjoyable. Mm -hmm. yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Like, I, I, I've been eliminated probably for two weeks now because of my team just not showing up for work. Um, <laughs> excuse me, but I've never had more fun. I have never made more friends. Like what Scott Fish put together to bring us all together is, is beautiful. Uh, I don't care that I lost. I, I am so happy to send you off. That that's mm -hmm. just the God's honest truth. And you couldn't have said it any better than that. All right. So do we want to move on here? Do a little starts, bus slash sits of the week here. Yeah. So it. we will each give our start of the week here. So Mike, lead us off. All right. So I'm going to go with Tua. Uh, he's going against the Jets. 
he got his little wake-up call of being benched. The Jets are straight trash in so many different ways, in the air, on the ground. I think what you're going to see is the weird, like, NFL coaches are the weirdest dudes in the fucking world. Like, they have this idea that benching people is going to motivate them in some way, and then they're going to pump them up afterwards. So I expect a lot of Tua's number to be called. There's no, um, you know, there's no P. Ryan there. Perrine, however, I don't know if he's French or not. Um, but there, there, there's no real solid running game. You have a fairly full complement with Harriman all of a sudden looking good. Crowder's back. Herndon is playing somehow. I'm not sure how that works. And the Jets are fourth worst against the quarterback. So I think this is going to be the week you're going to see him feature two uh, arm legs. I, I think he's going to have a big week this week. Yes, very good. Jake, before we give you yours, little uh, message from the chat from our friend uh, Cooter Doodle here. There it is. She says, I'm thankful for you guys. Great dudes. We love you, too. Thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, we we appreciate the love. So you, so you guys know, by the way, that she is our new co-host on Wednesday nights. I love I'm very excited for all. The, I don't know which of the three of you I'm most excited for based on that. So I think everybody. So not Chase. <laughs> Not Chase, because <laughs> that poor guy has to deal with me and Cooter every Wednesday now, and I'm not sure we're going to get to football at any point. <laughs> I mean, we will, we will try I hope you never do. No guarantees. Yeah, and I'm there no for it, so that's great. All right, Jake, uh, who's your start of the week this week? So I already alluded to this earlier in the episode, but for me, it's uh, I hope that DeAndre Swift gets to go. And uh, him or uh, carry on would be great. But I felt like I had to change it up now that I've kind of let the cat out of the bag. So I'm Dustin. I apologize for doing this to you, but I'm also doing it to me. So I'm not that sorry. It's David Montgomery against Green Bay. Until Green Bay can prove that they can actually stop any warm body from running over them, then I'm going to put whatever warm body is in there into my lineup. And that just so happens to be David Montgomery. Assuming that he's back, it seems like he's coming back. Uh, The trend is certainly looking that way so uh if montgomery goes in there fire him up for a low-end rb1 because i fucking hate us basically oh i love it i love it and chase is gonna lose his shit he hates dave montgomery oh my god i didn't even realize that i was doing that he feels personally attacked which which i love (laughs) i love it you have literally kicked everybody from join our circle underscore in the nuts in one podcast and and, and i appreciate you for that Uh, to be fair at least 50 percent of it was unintentional so i i i I still respect it i i do all right all right dustin dig us out of this yeah, my start of the week, um, it sounds gross, but it's actually a very good matchup. It's Derek Carr versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they've been giving up so many points to opposing quarterbacks this season. It's ridiculous. They, in the last six weeks, they've been 27th against quarterbacks and they're 28th with wide receivers. So they're giving up just droves and droves of points here. Uh, and Derek Carr has been surprisingly good this season. He's been throwing the deep ball a little bit. Uh, he's got lots of weapons there on that offense. Atlanta's defense obviously cannot stop anyone. So uh, feel free to start him. I, I feel like he's going to be a very, very good player for you this week. I love Derek Carr. Uh, I, I will go ahead and say it. I know no one wants to because – they feel like, you know, it, it's like bringing home the nerdy chick from the prom uh, or dude, whichever way you're swinging. I, I'm pretty non-judgmental about life, but uh, I love Derek Carr. I actually, it's funny because we were talking about Joe Burrow earlier. I made a trade in Dynasty that I wasn't sure about, but I, I decided to swing for the fences and go for it. And I ended up trading Joe Burrow and Cortland Sutton 
for Derek Carr and Aaron Jones. And I could not be happier because uh, Derek Carr right now is in my top 15 dynasty quarterbacks. Uh, and I have no shame in saying that. I, I love the output. I love the consistency. He's a guy you just know what you're getting from. And everyone who wants to say Derek Carr sucks, um, if you're a Falcons fan, take Matt Ryan and shove him because I'll take Derek Carr every day of the week over Matt Ryan uh, without even batting an eye. Uh, Derek Carr is solid as they come. I like that dude. So well, I like to pick Dustin. Mike, can I kick myself in the nuts here for a minute since I've gone round <laughs> the, the table that, already? That takes some flexibility, gonna, but go for it. I, I was going to say, are you doing? Can, you, uh, go for it, yeah. can, you, can you pan back so we can actually watch this happen? Or Yeah, I, I want to see the connection. No, no, I cannot. <laughs> but allow me to say that in this offseason, I was one of the biggest assholes in the anti-Derek Carr movement. Me and Dustin, in fact, have a, a beer bet running through the end of the season in regards to him because Dustin had faith in Derek Carr. I did not. I was like, oh, Mar- Marcus Mariota is eventually going to come in and take the job like Tannehill did to him. And now I just look like the world's biggest uh, nut kick, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for that. Uh, again, I wasn't part of fantasy Twitter. I could have avoided that for you, but, um, <laughs> yeah, De- Derek Carr is, is solid. They said he's not sexy, but, mm-hmm. um, I liken it to Matthew Stafford like three years ago. No one had won Stafford, even though his numbers were, he was quarterback 15. And every fucking week he was quarterback 15. It wasn't like peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know what? You guys have kicked me in the nuts enough, so I'm going to fucking go for it. Why not? Uh, it's not like Aaron Rodgers, who would put up six touchdowns a fucking <laughs> in a couple weeks. And then in 2014, against Kyle Orton's Bills, he would literally bend me over a table and raw dog me without even taking me out to dinner first and ruin my entire <laughs> fantasy season because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. Aaron Rodgers and the season numbers look great, but he's a goddamn roller coaster. Derek Carr mm-hmm. is steady yep that, that's fair that's fair and um yeah he Derek Carr is not a sexy option but especially in a super flex league to have him as your second quarterback I mean that's all you need is consistency there so uh yeah he's been super consistent this season um actually obviously playing better than what people expected and considering he hasn't had all of his weapons on the field at the same time throughout this mm-hmm. season uh with those two uh rookies on his squad uh he's doing really well and I'm hate to say it I'm kind Kind of excited to see what happens once the whole gang gets together and they can actually, you know, get on the same page and and, and produce. So uh, the future is kind of bright there for the Raiders, I hate to say. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Once Edward shows up, who looks like the next Anquan Bold, and if he's healthy, that'll be a huge benefit to Carr. Uh, but in my dynasty where I have Josh Allen, Derek Carr, and Matt Ryan, Derek Carr is my two. And I'm not ashamed to say that. And it, it, he's just that guy. He's really that dude right now. So the Raiders should be happy. They have their franchise quarterback. Uh, oh, yeah. And he'll he'll make some shit happen. Yeah. They found somebody who can make Nelson Aguilar look good. Yeah. You keep that person. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Yeah. That no, was Carson Wentz's fault, apparently, because yeah. he can't make anybody look good right now. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. All right. So <laughs> moving on to our bust of the week. Uh, these are players that we think are going to disappoint us based on what we normally expect out of them. So, Mike, start us off here with our busts. All right, so I decided to go big on this one. Um, anyone who follows me knows my number one, number one dynasty quarterback is Kyler Murray. 
He is my number one. I like him more than Pat Mahomes. I just think he has a floor that can't be beat. Uh, Jack Salcone, shout out to him. Uh, the best that I've heard is that Kyler Murray on rushing stats alone is a, is the running back one. Like he is, he's that damn good. He's a running back one without throwing the ball. So how can you beat that in your quarterback position? Now, that said, the Cardinals only have one weapon and that's Kyler Murray. And what does Belichick do? He shuts down your one weapon. So I expect Kyler Murray to only be able to do it with his arm, and I just don't think he'll be able to do that. I don't think against the Patriots defense he's going to put up the numbers you're looking for, and it pains me to say that because I love Kyler Murray. Uh, but he's not a guy that, even though he's being ranked in the top four, I don't know he's going to finish top ten this week. I just think Belichick does that thing against those players. That one guy that is quite obviously the number one weapon, Belichick has a history of shutting him down. So I am going against Kyler Murray being a stud this week. I think that's fair. I don't know if I'd be locked into the idea that he won't be a QB1 only because I think DeAndre Hopkins bails you out of a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he can only do so much, right? He's he's not going to be able to do everything for him. And we have seen people be able to effectively shut down Hopkins, too. So mm-hmm. if Hopkins gets shut down, then you uh, it's try, you can't rely on Christian Kirk to do everything. Uh, but a low-end quarterback one I could still definitely see happening. But in terms of busts, we and Dustin say this all the time. When we're talking about this, too, it doesn't mean that they're going to fall off the face of the fucking earth and not put up any fantasy points this week. But no, where your expectations off. are, yeah, yep. I could absolutely see that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Jake, who's your bust this week? So for my bust of the week, I typically like to go for the uh, matchup. And if it's a bad matchup, then I like to let my guys exploit that bad matchup. Duke Johnson has the best matchup. He gets to, to play Detroit. The only team worse than Detroit against the run is Houston. He obviously can't play himself, but he gets to play Detroit. Even with that, I won't recommend Duke Johnson. I, I can't recommend in good conscience to our listeners Duke Johnson because he's had opportunities since David Johnson went down. And there's been a lot of people who have been expecting a lot of things from Duke. And Duke, with his opportunities these last three weeks, has been uh, well, dookie, I guess. It's, it's been really that terrible. He, in the last three weeks, let me just give you his average stats. Okay, 37 rushing yards. Three targets, two and a half receptions, and 17 yards. That's what you're getting out of Duke. And this has not all been against great defenses. Yes, he played Cleveland, and Cleveland's pretty good against the run. Jacksonville is not. Jacksonville is terrible. Jacksonville lost the seventh most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Did not to Duke. Duke was lucky to get a touchdown in that game, which saved his fantasy value for the people who had to start him. Now, even in this, again, pristine matchup, He's not getting the work. What people thought before David Johnson went there with will Duke be able to see enough passing work to fit his style and make him as relevant as people wanted to be? That question has been answered these last three weeks. And it's fucking no. (laughs) Deshaun Watson does not dump off to Duke Johnson the way that you need him to for him to return fantasy value for you. Again, you can start him in if you're desperate for a flex play. No issues with that because the matchup could easily get him a touchdown and save your value. So that's fine. But again, don't expect... Uh, running back one or, or close to it numbers for this week. Yeah, I don't hate that. Um, only because since Bill O'Brien's been let go from both his general manager duties and his head coaching duties, uh, Deshaun Watson has really done Deshaun Watson things and kind of taken that offense on his shoulders and and made viable wide receivers on their team. And he's running the ball really well. He, he's 
he's playing more within with kind of like a Russell Wilson where he runs the ball a little bit. He's not afraid to take off. He's making plays downfield. They don't necessarily need the running game. Uh, and that's great as a Deshaun Watson owner in a couple places. Uh, but so, yeah, I agree. Just Duke Johnson. I know everybody's been clamoring for years. All he needs is the workload. It's, 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 Kind of the same thing as this Kenny and Drake stuff. You know, it's like all he needs is he he needs to get the workload. He needs the volume and he's going to be amazing. You know, Duke Johnson was one of the best all time out of Miami. Well, he's getting the opportunity now and we're just not seeing that translate. So he's a great role player. He has his his spot on a real NFL team, uh, but he's never going to be that guy that can carry the load on a long term basis on a roster here. And um, yeah, I like that call, even though Detroit is like historically bad this year against running backs. Um, I happen to agree with you on this, Jake. Woo! Yeah, I mean, this should be a perfect matchup, right? Do, uh, Detroit struggles against pass-catching running backs, and I've been told that's what Duke Johnson does. <laughs> now, hypothetically. Hypothetically. Now, what I can tell you is that I have – I, I've I've avoided Twitter in a lot of ways when I make my picks, when I make my uh, you know when I do drafts because the echo chamber gets so loud, uh, and it, it's there's always like the epicenter, right? And um, one of my friends who we talked about at the beginning with our our trash talk video uh, was a very big Duke Johnson and Mike Gusecki fan, and and I can tell you two players I couldn't hate more in the NFL uh, from a fantasy <laughs> perspective is Duke Johnson and Mike Gusecki. Uh, straight trash. Suck it, Dustin. We have another Mike Gusecki anti-truther. Uh, if you podcast. follow me for five minutes, it's hilarious. Like my favorite part of fantasy Twitter. I'm going to tell you guys a story because that's what I do. And I apologize. You can cut this out after. Um, but it, it's how I talk. Um, I, I had gone on my podcast and I said, Mike Gusecki sucks. He's not even the number one in Minnesota, in Miami. Never mind the number one in, you know, fantasy. Uh, give me Adam Shaheen every day. And Mike Gusecki caught a 15-yard touchdown pass that night. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it because I still trap up here. Um, caught a 15-yard touchdown pass. And, of course, it was a primetime game, and I'm old, so I went to bed. And uh, my, my Twitter blew up. And I remember waking up the next morning, and my tweet made me so happy because I said, give the amount of the shit talk that I heard from his first catch. I'm so happy he didn't have a second one, or I couldn't imagine what that would have sounded like. <laughs> and from that point forward, he had caught 170-yard catch and had like 30 yards otherwise. You know why? Do you want to know why? Because Mike Gusecki sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the only catch of the night, and he uh, got to a 70-yard catch. But my favorite thing was, like, I was literally like, you want to talk about, you guys know me. I love chaos. I love I love what I do. Um, And, and I, I love when shit goes wrong. And when the announcers gave Mike Gusecki a touchdown in the Miami game that wasn't his, I, I it, was, it was like Christmas. Like I legitimately <laughs> thought I had a tickle me Elmo and a PS5 under my tree, and like I couldn't have been happier because I knew damn right well it wasn't Mike Gusecki. Um, and I was crying, and I could not tweet fast enough. It was like that gift of you know of, of Jim Carrey, where I'm like typing like a motherfucker. I'm like, you guys thought you had a touchdown, didn't you? Fuck you, he still sucks. And it was like my favorite thing ever because like Mike Gusecki, truth or tears, is like the gas to my car. Like it was. No, it's what I wake up to. So for all of you that talk shit to me in week three, this uh, motherfucker was right. Oh this my kind God. of sucks. Your car uh, doesn't even run on corn oil or whatever the fuck it is. Nope, it runs on Mike Gusecki's truth or tears. Uh, so uh, question from question from the chat here. So, Mike, um, why would you be happy for a Tickle Me Elmo? 
Chase, we do not kink shame on fantasy <laughs> Twitter. We let people do their thing. And you push his stomach and he vibrates like a champion. Why I use that, you don't have to know. Just know I enjoy myself. Like yeah, right. Chase, it's called fantasy Twitter for a reason, okay? It's, <laughs> yeah, not, it's, it's not called shame spiral Twitter. Jesus, it's what we do. We have fun with life. Yeah. So you cut a hole on that guy's, guy's backside, you tickle his belly, and you enjoy yourself. It's just how life works. Now, That's you right. told us that you weren't going to give too much away. And now you've started to slowly unwind what the situation is. So I feel like if we just if we don't like talk about it directly, eventually by the end of this episode, we will actually get the full uh, coup de gras of, of what happens in your bedroom. Uh, all right, that's for now. Right, so we don't yeah. put too fine of a point on it. Right. Your bust of the week out there. Yes, yes. Let's do this. Let's get back on track here. Uh, so my bust of the week is Jimmy Graham this week versus our Packers here. Our meaning Jake and mine. Uh, because obviously we own the team. What? No, they're not our team. Anyway. Technically, <laughs> if you have tickets, you own the team. This is true. But they are on the season number three against tight ends. Uh, they've been shutting them down all season. And Jimmy Graham is very old. He's not very good anymore. Cole Komet has been getting involved. We've seen him get more and more involved. And we've seen the other weapons on this offense, Allen Robinson, um, Anthony Miller, and Darnell Mooney. You know, they get theirs. We're hoping David Montgomery comes back, as we previously talked about. Very run-favorable matchup against the Packers, so they shouldn't have to use the tight end too much. And like I said, the Packers have been shutting down the tight end anyway, so do not start Jimmy Graham this week. He is just going to bring you tears on your Thanksgiving weekend, which you do not need. I like how you said that Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney will get theirs as if anybody's getting anything on the Bears offense right now. Um, So, yeah, flat out, don't start Jimmy Graham because he's a Bear. And their passing game is garbage. I mean, that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson will get 15 targets. He'll only have six catchable balls, and he'll turn those into 80 yards. Downhill Mooney will be open by four yards on a deep ball every single play and never get a catch. Uh, so, yeah, they, you don't have to start them because it's the Bears, and you do not want to start anybody from the Bears pass on it. Now, hypothetically, based on the recent tweets that have come out, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be officially mm-hmm. for this game. It could be mm-hmm. Nick Foles. It could be Mitch Trubisky. Now, if Mitch Trubisky starts, there's at least an opportunity Darnell Mooney can catch one pass for a touchdown and then everybody else is fucked. So Allen Robinson is going to be fucked if Mitch Trubisky Mm -hmm. starts somehow even worse than if Nicole starts. But at least Mooney has that opportunity for one long, because that's one thing that Trubisky could at least kind of do, you know. So we'll we'll see what the uh, poison is that starts at uh, at QB for the Bears. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be ugly no matter what, and it's definitely not going to be Jimmy Graham, so I agree. Move on from that guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. As much as a wasteland at the tight end position is, is it, it, it's hard to put him in your lineup on any given week let's be honest so we we'll will circle back to the game of the show grab jordan akins instead and play him there you go happier as a circle yeah god amazing see i, I told it. you you were a sunshine carousel you keep it spinning that's right. you keep it coming back <laughs> all the way around that's right uh so do we want to talk briefly here about some uh week 12 matchups before we we close her down here why not? All right. So, uh, Mike, Jake, either one of you want to start off here with a game in particular you're looking at here for Week 12? Have at it, Mike. Sure. So let's talk about – let's start the Thanksgiving slate. Um, Houston-Detroit is one I'm very interested in. I think that's just going to be – not fancy points galore. It's going to be one of those games that if you hit properly, 
you're going to do well. I don't think it's going to be fantasy points across the board, but it's really one of those like sneaky plays that if you get it right, you could blow up. I love DeAndre Swift. I absolutely love DeAndre Swift in this matchup. Um, there's no question about that. I love Brandon Cooks. He's a guy who people don't give his due as a wide receiver one. I think he's a big play here. And I think TJ Hawkinson is a great play. He has been realistically every bit of the tight end two uh, after Travis Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey and everybody else. Let's, let's call it what it is. But TJ Hawkinson has been that stud that you're looking for. And then if you're looking for those cheap kind of DFS plays we've talked about, Aiken, there is plays here to be had. Quintez Cephas is a possibility if you're looking for cheap options. This is one of those games where it's going to be a gamble. I mean, that's what we do, right? It's fantasy. It's a gamble. But if you hit right on Houston, Detroit, this could be a boom. So I would say really take a look at the matchups. Take a look at the cornerback wide receiver matchups. Take a look at kind of and play your gut. But this could be a really big matchup for fantasy points if you play the right guys. So I, I love these type of matchups because it really is one of those skill games more than luck on that particular game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Jake, how about you? I have one that's also on the Thanksgiving slate that I would like to talk about it. In fact, if you're open to it, I would like to make a beer bet about it as well. Oh, This is the Washington football team at Dallas Cowboys. The battle of the three and seven awful, awful division here. You, you could not force most people who are just regular football watchers that do not root for either of these teams to sit in front of the TV for this bullshit. But we're all going to be crowded around trying to figure out what's what's going on with these guys. I am most interested in the running back matchups. So because it is going to be gross. It's going to be a gross game. I fully believe that this will be like that traditional awful, like your grandpa would fucking love it, but everybody else is going to hate it because it's hard-nosed, ground-and-pound football. So, Dustin, are you into the idea of hitting these running backs against each other and i would like to see an antonio gibson versus zeke full spectrum fantasy points uh beer bet here and i would like to take the gibson side on this in fact so this is this is straight ppr points correct you'll take gibson i get zeke you get the name and i get the as mike was so kind to point out early in the episode the rising phoenix of antonio gibson here Oh, that's gross. Um. <laughs> Says the man who made a Nick Folds versus Ryan Tannehill bet. Oh, come on, Sergeus. You can take this one, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will take it. All right. I like it. Now, the matchup really does probably bold. Uh, maybe a little bit more in your favor for this particular one. That's why I thought I'd take Gibson and allow you, uh, Zeke. But I'm just, I'm so bullish on Gibson right now. There, he's unstoppable in my view. I know it, it, some people have said on paper it's not going to be his best outing this week. I don't fucking care. I love him and I'm riding it. So All right, I so appreciate it's... that. Now, Mike, are you willing to get in on this bet on either side? Absolutely. Which All right. Would you like? So before you before you commit, the the deal is you have to publicly state, do a shot, and publicly state that the person you bet against is uh, amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Okay. So what I will tell you <laughs> is that if you guys will have me on for the first like three minutes of the next episode, I will happily do a shot, admit my defeat, and leave if I lose, which I won't. Um, <laughs> but I, I will happily do that. So, um, what I will tell you is this is a no doubt bet for me. 
and it's Antonio Gibson. My man. All right, we're doing this. We're riding the well, Gibson. Well, I will be more I than happy. For whatever this was, that really undercut the coolness of this. Uh, I liked it. No, we can, we can do. It. We can make it a team thing if you want. Okay. All right. Pump the Pistons. Oh, I can't wait until next week when both of you are doing shots and tell me how amazing I am. So, no, Mike, you can uh, also come great. in for the first three minutes of the episode to gloat in in Dustin's face when we eventually win. I love it. I love it. So I have. Right. Um, I actually have Monaco Pod- podcast with Coach A uh, at eight p.m. So I am yours at seven thirty to gloat on the Antonio Gibson win. Perfect. Well, let's lock it down. All right. Sounds like a deal. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you want to highlight another matchup here, Dustin? Yeah. So, I mean, the one you had was just so gross. It's it's who can you know take the lead in the NFC East? Like, come on. But the game I'm actually interested in taking a look at, and this was going to be my beer bet if you didn't have one, Jake. Um, okay. The game I want to double s- beer bet. We we could. Ooh. It's uh, Chargers versus the Bills. I think that is going to be a sneaky good game. I know the the records don't reflect it, but the Chargers. I don't know. I, I, I just love what they're doing there in um, Los Angeles there with the Chargers. Uh, like I said, they just they haven't gotten the victories for whatever reason this season. Um, but I don't know. For whatever reason, I was as I was scrolling through the matchups, I was looking at that. I'm like, ooh, I would love our Herbert versus Josh Allen bet. Ooh. Ooh. That's interesting. Now that's interesting. We could, if you're, uh, this would be the first ever, uh, ever double beer bet for the week. Would you? Do you still want to pursue this, Dustin? Oh, I'm all about it. Now, out of curiosity, so who who would you be taking in this side here? I I would take the Herbert side. Oh, that's so tough because technically the matchup. The matchup's better for Allen, but I fucking again. This is exactly like the Gibson versus Zeke thing for me. But now I'd be on the opposite side of it a little bit. <laughs> I do. I love what Herbert's been doing mm-hmm. so much. But I will accept it because you're gracious enough to accept my gross beer bed offering. I will take the Josh Allen side. I'm fine with that. All right, excellent. I'm just typing it into the show sheet here. Now, Mike, you're uh, allowed to abstain if you would like, but if you want to double down, feel free. I will. I will double down because this is easy, and I, I like I like both of you so much. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go, Dustin, on this one because he's right. And Dustin, you ask yourself, why are the Chargers three and seven? You mentioned why don't they get wins? Would it surprise you to know they have not lost a game by du- double digits all year? That doesn't surprise me one bit. Like it really doesn't. They have been right in every game. There's a possibility of Eckler coming back, and even if he doesn't, man, do I love me some Josh Herbert. And 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 to be honest, Josh Allen's my favorite play in the NFL. Like I love that too. I do. But given the matchup, given the play, given the way the game script is going to go, um, I'm going to go Herbert. So either Dustin, you're going to be doing two shots, or all of us are doing one, and I kind of like that. I, mm. I kind of think that. <laughs> or me and Jake are doing two, which I doubt. Because... Yeah, you're doing one regardless. So, that, you know, just, oh. just be ready. Oh, it's all the confidence <laughs> that's come out from every screen within this uh, window here. So I, I love it. I think that we're all bold in the right way. Yeah. And so I can't wait for it to blow up in all of our fucking faces yeah. somehow. So Jake is doing a shot. I, I know this. I'm good at math. You have to, right? No, you no. don't actually. Nope. No. <laughs> now that would be no. true if you believed yourself to be infallible. Which if I you, do. That's kind well, of where I'm at. Then technically the math would work. Uh... I feel like I'm going to be sitting here watching you both do shots, and next week's going to be so much fun for me. 
<laughs> and I might do like a seltzer, maybe like I don't know, like maybe a lemonade, um, and just enjoy myself while you guys are miserable. I think that's what's gonna happen. Well, and who's next week's guest? By the way, should we we should apologize ahead of time for what's gonna happen early on. That's a good question. I am actually not sure who next week's is. I'll have to look that up. But I will issue a uh, a warning to them yeah. before they yes. apology. I like that. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we start to wrap things up here any other games or anything else you guys want to touch upon here for uh the week 12 week before the or a couple weeks here before the playoffs actually start so anything else or do you think we got it all covered i mean i think we did a bang up job personally but that's just me i like it no i I like it i don't think there's anything else that really jumps out like we said baltimore pittsburgh keep an eye on that when are they going to play um no actually one more one more, and I have one more specifically for my buddy up here, and that is Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Um, and I hope Kansas City curb stomps the shit out of the Buccaneers. I really <laughs> hope, like, this is one of those games where the Buccaneers go home realizing they're trash and that Tom Brady refuses to shake Pat Mahomes' hands. Because uh, I've been watching Twitter. You know me. You know me, Jake. I watch I watch what we're all doing here. <laughs> and um, I want to see Tom Brady snub the face of the NFL after they get stomped by the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs are better on offense, they're better on defense, and they're better people despite mm-hmm. – having a few trash bags on their team. Um, so I am looking forward to that game, specifically to watch Brady fall deeper and deeper into that spiral of a hole. <laughs> and I know Jack's called you out for people in the Northeast. Now, I, I'm from Boston. You can hear it in my accent. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> Stress. Yes. So I spent that- the majority of my day just railing about Tom Brady not uh, shaking hands. because it, It's just become such an obvious thing. I called it as I was watching the game last night. Me and my fans here, fiance, were watching. I was like, he's going to walk off the field. He's just going to walk right off the fucking field. And there he goes. He's going into the locker room. He's not going to midfield. There it happens. It happens every time he loses. But when he wins, he's mm-hmm. the most gracious, uh, uh, cheesy, smiling fellow that you've ever seen. So I would personally love it. I would dedicate my entire Twitter day to just rampaging against Brady when he inevitably loses and does not shake Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. One more quick question here from the chat before we head out here from Sam. Uh, PPR, who would you start? Claypool, DJ Moore, or Robbie Anderson? I'm so torn between Claypool and Moore right now, but I really do feel like this is the stage where I can't sit DJ Moore anymore because I'm so bummed every time I do of seeing those points on my bench. So I would just rather roll with him at this point, even though Claypool could get a fucking three touchdown game this week against the Ravens. And I don't think that's going to happen because it's the Ravens. I'd rather take more. Mike. Yeah. Uh, man, sit and chase Claypool hurts. Um, so first off, throw Robbie Anson out. DJ Moore is unquestionably the number one wide receiver in Carolina. There is no doubt about it. Anyone who thought so, take a look at the numbers. DJ Moore is on pace for 1,300 yards as a 23-year-old human being. He is younger than most of your rookies. Get him on your roster. Oh, man. I mean, when it comes to the Ravens, they are literally giving up nothing. Uh, AJ Brown had to literally bully his way into the end zone. Otherwise, they've given up like a big game to every wide receiver combined. I mean, they're giving up 150 yards a game. That's not a team I want to bet against. Claypool's touchdown upside is so high, but without a touchdown, you're looking at four points. So give me DJ Moore. Yep. We are all in agreement again. 
again, go with DJ Moore. Uh, yeah, it's just too touchdown dependent there with Chase Claypool, and DJ Moore has really come on lately, as he should, being the number one in that wide receiver core. So I think that will pretty much do it for this week. Uh, just your weekly reminder, folks, go out and check your waiver wires. It is Tuesday right now. Waiver wires typically run on Wednesday. Go check them for drop players. You never know who P- uh, your league mates are going to drop there. You might find some gems that maybe are on injured right now that may be coming back here in time for the playoffs. And they just, for whatever reason, had to uh, make a, a decision like that. So check your waiver wire. Uh, no buy teams this week because of the three games on Thanksgiving. So be sure to go out and enjoy your rosters this week with no buy week decisions. Uh, and Mike, why don't you tell us one more time where people can find you and what you're about there? All right. You can find me at Daddy's Home FF on Twitter. As these guys can tell you, I will literally chop it up with everybody and anyone. I love talking football, so hit me up there. You can find me every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. at Join Our Circle underscore with Fantasy Intervention. My co-host Chase Vernon and Cooter Doodle. And this week, Michael Huff is joining us as our special guest. So we always have those great guests. You can find me every other Sunday. So I just did this past Sunday on the Sleeper Wire Show Game Day on the Blitz. I cover all your start-sit questions for that, that particular week. Um, and eventually, as uh, Jake, I know, you know, um, I will eventually launch that OnlyFans for 25 bucks a month. You can see a little bit more of Daddy um, than you could ever imagine. Uh, I will drop that link when it happens. You'll find that on Twitter. So follow me there. We're going to have some fun. There may or may not be a Tickle Me Elmo involved. We'll see. Yeah. You never know. It depends on how much money's involved. Um, rent has to be paid. That's all I'll say. Sponsor potential? <laughs> Always an option. All right. And Jake, why don't you tell the folks where uh, they can find you? You can find me being a general knucklehead dummy over on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. Yes, and be sure to look out for his celebrity impersonations. They are terrific. And you can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. And you can find me at FDustyDog. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving, folks. Enjoy the time off with your families. Be safe out there. And until next time, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Cheers, <laughs> FFers.